0: This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 273, and the quote of the day is, don't just do things to be average, do them to be legendary. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Raffini here, and this is another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast. This is a special edition. This is a clinic that the late Ricky Lawson did at Musician's Institute in Hollywood. And as part of the partnership that we have with MI, we are sharing this. Um, this is They own the, the rights to this. And this is the audio from the clinic that Ricky did at MI in 2007. And for those of you who don't know who Ricky was, he was one of the most prolific drummers ever. I mean, he played with everyone. He, he was originally from Detroit. And once he got his start, he played with Stevie Wonder and Michael Jackson, Eric Clapton, Phil Collins, Whitney Houston, Steely Dan, Kenny Babyface Emmons. And then he also co-founded uh, the Yellow Jackets, which they won a Grammy award for in 87 for the best R&B instrumental performance. And he just i mean he played with michael jackson for 20 some years or something something ridiculous he was in every sense of the word the master i mean he was he was kind he was humble he was an um, an amazing player he was honest with he talks about in here like how much money he was making and how much other people are getting paid and things like that so just really really informative and his he talks the way that he plays i could i could listen to him talk all day so it's a really really enjoyable to just listen to him talk about the music business and about the drumming business and his career and sadly we lost him uh on december 23rd of 2013 from a brain aneurysm so like i said i'm just extremely honored to to be able to share this with you guys, and again, this is courtesy of Musicians Institute, and they are the official education partner of Drummer's Resource, and they're located right there in the heart of Hollywood, California, and they've been there since the 70s. They have a world-class facility, world-class educators, and they can get you on the right road to success with your music career. You can learn more about Musicians Institute by going to mi.edu. And a quick heads up, there is some audio in here of just Ricky playing along with tracks. So I don't want you to think that it's the end of the clinic. Uh, There's a couple of sections in here where it's just him playing, which is an added bonus. So without further ado, let's get into this clinic with the one, the only, the legendary Ricky Lawson.
1: Put your hands together, Ricky Lawson.
2: Did you get it? All right. Um, And currently what I'm doing, I'm working on a couple of different projects. I have my own recording studio um, in the city of West Covina, um, and I've been blessed to be able to um, be involved in some really good projects. We're doing uh, Peebo Bryson right now. We're doing uh, Smokey Robinson, his album. Um, I'm working on a Yellow Jackets reunion project with Robin Ford on guitar, Jimmy Haslip on bass, Russell Ferrante on keys, and Old Knucklehead on drums. And, um, and then I'm working on my own solo project, uh, Ricky Lawson and, and more friends, you know, so uh, doing a lot of cool things. And one of my first big opportunities, um, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. I started playing when I was about 15 and a half. Um, I'm 52 now. And uh, no drinking, no smoking. Yep, 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 yep. Because I was always saving my money to buy my instruments. So, I man, I'm not gonna waste it on cigarettes. I mean, when I was a kid, cigarettes were 30 cents, and when they went to 35, I quit. I said, man, I might have nah. 'cause Because I had a mini bike too, you know, and so I needed gas for my mini bike. So it was either smoking a cigarette or putting gas in my mini bike. Nah, mini bike. Yeah, drums. Yeah. Um, But I used to play locally in Michigan and one of my first big breaks was working with a Vibe player named Roy Ayers. He was the one that took me out of Detroit. And Roy lived in New York City. Um, I have uh, also an uncle who uh, used to work for Motown. Motown was in Detroit, Michigan. Um, His name is Paul Riser, R-I-S-E-R. And he would get me on sessions when he could. You know, my little nephew, and I'm, hey, hey, and I got my little drumstick, <laughs> so I'm trying to get in. And my uncle, uh, he um, was a really, really cool guy. He uh, arranged Ain't No Mountain High Enough for Diana Ross. He arranged Papa Was a Rolling Stone. He, did, he arranged Herder Through the Grapevine. He um, did the theme for Car Wash. Um, he wrote the song, What Becomes of the Broken Hearted? and that was my dad's brother, and actually I was born William Riser III, and my mom remarried a guy named Ivory Lawson, and Ricky was a nickname because I was born around the same time that little Ricky was on Lucy, and so my grandmother said, nickname him Ricky, so in my neighborhood everybody called me Ricky, in school everybody called me William and Bill, and so um, that's how I became Ricky Lawson, and so later on, you know, started playing drums, hanging out with my uncle, and Roy Ayers um, took me out of Detroit, and I got the gig because the original drummer was late to the gig, okay? Most of the gigs that I've gotten that were really, really cool gigs were because somebody was late, and I was on time. Uh, Michael Jackson's gig, when I did the Michael Jackson Bad Tour, the drummer that was actually supposed to do the gig, he was late doing another tour. So he couldn't get off of that tour to do Michael Jackson's tour. And I just happened to be in town, I was doing recording sessions up at uh, Tito Jackson's studio, and the tour manager was putting the session together. He said, Ricky, are you available to do some rehearsals with Michael? Um, We're getting ready to do a tour and we need some help. I said, let me check my schedule. (laughs) Of course, nothing was on my schedule, but I wouldn't let him know. And um, so I said, sure, I could do it. And then we found out uh, that the drummer was going to be a little bit late. So they said, well, can you do the um, dress rehearsals? I said, let me check my schedule. (laughs) And of course, every time they asked me, now the... You know, I have the upper hand in the situation, so um, I did the dress rehearsals. They said, okay, the drummer's going to be a little bit late. Can you do the first week of the tour? Let me check my schedule. (laughs) And, you know, it's all down to dollars and cents. I told them what I wanted for the gig. They said, cool, because of course I did all the rehearsing. I knew all the material. I could fit into my costume, no problem. And um, so Roy Ayers was one that I got. That was my first big one, working with Roy Ayers. I did uh, an album called Everybody Loves the Sunshine. I did that when I was in high school. Um, And then, of course, um, I played with George Duke and Dugu Chancellor, uh, who became a a friend of mine. Um, When he left George Duke, he said, "Okay, I want you to Audition for this gig, and I've already put my name on it. So, all you got to do is just go in and play you know, be Ricky Lawson, play your thing. Went in, got the gig, and that really changed my career as well because I had the chance to either be a part of the Jackson's uh, Five band or play with George Duke. And I said, Wow, Lord, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? because both of them were really, really great gigs. But I said, if I learn how to play, I'll never have to worry about a gig. And playing with George Duke, George Duke played everything. He played jazz, he played funk, he played fusion, he played Latin, he played blues. I mean, he played the whole thing. But the Jacksons, they just pretty much, you know, dance, 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 you know. (laughs) Not that that wasn't cool, because the pay was really great. And uh, But I, I said, if I learn how to play, I'll always be able to work. And so I took the George Duke gig. It got me on a bunch of George Duke's albums and things like that. And it just opened up a bunch of doors. So I've really been blessed. Not that I was the best player, but I was always on time, and I was always a team player, you know, always. So those are some of the things that the Roy Ayers thing was the first one and then it just kept, it kept being blessed one after the other, one after the other, and being here. Ooh. Thank you, Ricky. My, one of my major influences is a, a gentleman who passed away a little while back, a gentleman named Tony Williams. Yeah, that was, that was one of my major influences. And um, another great, great drummer, uh, indugu Chancellor, and another great, great drummer, Harvey Mason. And between those three guys, there's nothing that you can't get done, nothing. I mean, nothing. And they're good guys, they're good people. And that's what's important for me first is that you're a good person, the drum thing or any, anything else that you're into is just extra. You gotta be a good guy. Harvey's great guy. Ndugu Chancellor, great guy. Tony Williams, great guy. Unfortunately, Tony passed away, you know. But his music and his style of playing and his influences still live on. I listen to him all the time. And um, so those are three big influences. And then the guy that just really just you know, almost made me want to quit, was uh, I went and saw Billy Cobham play. And this was back when he had the album out called Spectrum. And, and uh, the Brecker brothers were playing in the, in the horn section. And I went to the concert, and my man had, he had, in the front, he had three bass drums. I was just trying to play the one I had. This cat had three in the front. He probably had about ten times across the front because he had these north drums that kind of went out like this. In the middle of those two drums, it was another third drum that went out. So he had maybe 10, and then he had two more bass drums behind him up in the air like this. And I saw that cat play. I said, man, I'm going home and get under the bed. Because this cat is, he's on crack. I mean, to be able to, to, to set it up is one thing, and then to play it, and he could play it. I mean, and he's another great, great guy. I know him personally. Um, um, but these are guys that I listen to and, and the Lord has blessed me to be able to become friends with these guys. I can walk up to any of them right now and, and it's just like, you know, kids. Hey, Billy, hey, Harvey, hey, Ndugu, you know. And, um, and so those are the majors for me. And of course, you have Alvin Jones, Art Blakey, Max Roach—you um, know those guys. I mean, they go without saying. If you if you want to play and really, really, really play right, you got I, what I was able to do was I enjoy going back into my history, and that's what you guys should do: is go back and find out why it is that we play the way that we are. And one reason that we do is because all these guys before us, and man, if you go and do some research, you'll find some incredible music. That's why most of the Rap Cats, they're sampling old stuff, because that's the good stuff. You know? And and um, and you do the same thing with drummers, bass players. I used to play the bass. Used to. Um, but I got a synthesizer, so I'm doing this now. And, um, but, go back and, 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 and do some research, and I'm telling you, boy, it will scare you to death. You guys, you know, you'll find out about 45s, and LPs and things like that, yeah, man, it's scary. You know, I have some LPs at home. My dad has LPs um, that are different colors. I used to do, as a kid, I used to put them on my eyes, you know, like um, trying to do the 3D thing, and he'd come and see my fingerprints on Ricky, get your <laughs> yeah. But really go back and do some research um, and you'll find some incredible musicians, incredible music as well, um, that'll be hopefully inspirational to you for what you want to play now. Um, I learned to play all the styles of music because I grew up in in an environment where they played a lot of R&B, Motown. But then playing the other stuff makes it easier for me to play R&B. You know, it's like a meal. When you sit down to the table, you just don't eat just the meat or the vegetables or the dessert. It's the whole thing all together that makes the whole total meal. And I kind of treat music like that. You know, I just don't play R&B. I just don't play jazz. I just don't play funk. I just don't play Latin. I put it all together, and it, it's really a lot of fun. Really a lot of fun, because you'll come up with new ideas. You'll run into new people. Um, you know, and it's, it's just a great thing. Great, great thing. How long have you been playing? All right. Well, don't stop. We need you. All right? All right. Well, I play from my heart. I play from my heart, and I've been blessed to play with some good musicians. When I first started playing, I was actually the weakest guy in the band, but I was passionate about what it is that I do. And I would. my punishment was that I couldn't play my instrument. You know, my dad put me on the punishment, man. I said, no, no, I'll paint the house. I'll I, I re-roof the house. I'll paint your car. Don't, don't take my drums. And um, so what I would do, I mean, I was just passionate about it, man. I was like, oh, no, no, no. And I would practice. My neighbors wanted to beat me up because I, I'd be practicing like midnight, one in the morning, and it's, man, if you keep that noise up, I'm going to come over there and knock your eyeballs out, you know, but I just practice, practice. It's in the repetition, it's in the repetition, it's in listening to a lot of different music and and playing with a lot of different musicians. And I was telling uh, Fred and Tim that what I used to do too, and I still do it, I play for practicing, and then I spend a few days just listening. I won't even touch my instrument, just listening practicing listening, because that's how you learn how to play with other musicians and be able to make magic, is listening, you know, the bass player listening to licks that he played, oh wow, that was cool, the piano player, oh wow, that was cool, Um, and it's the interacting that makes it work. Um, and over the years of just playing, I tried to play, I played in gospel groups, I played in the in marching band. I was a cat that carried the bass drum. I mean, I was trying to play, if it was some music going on, I was either playing in it or looking at it. Some kind of way, you know, like you see cats that play these buckets and barrels on the street over here. I went to New York and there was some cats like that, man, I'd be right there checking him out, you know, listening. Why is it doing like this? Why is it moving like this? How can he keep it up? You know, um, you know, how come they play this way together? How come he plays this way when he's with that guy and plays this way when he's with this guy? It's just over and over doing it over and over and playing and, and watching as much as you can. When guys are playing, go watch them. Get DVDs. You guys have DVDs now um, that you can listen and study. Um, And I've just been blessed to be able to do it. Like a lot of times when I play with tracks and stuff, I don't uh, put headphones on. I want to treat it as if I'm listening to the guys in the rest of the band. So I have to listen to make sure I'm not speeding up, I'm not too slow, but I'm really right in the pocket. A lot of guys wear headphones, which is cool, but I enjoy doing it like that because it keeps my chops sharp when I have to go and play with a band. I enjoy sitting in with different groups. I'll go in a club and, you know, hey, you want to sit in? Sure. And I may not know the music, may not be able to, you know, have the drums where I want them. I'll leave them right there and just say, okay, see if you can make it happen this way. And i work it out. And it's cool, you know, but it's practicing, it's hanging, it's watching, it's listening, and it's doing it. You know, and anything that I can do to help you with it, um, I'll help you. Um, I do a lot of things that, like I'll do kick drum um, um, patterns for 30 minutes and just do it over and over, same tempo, 30 minutes. I'll be eating a sandwich or um, reading a book, and I'll just keep it and do it real slow. It's hard for cats to play slow. I'm telling you, and play consistently and and play slow. So I would practice things slow. i practice them fast. And you build up certain muscles in your legs, in your back, in your arms, in your neck. And I always try to smile when I play because it's fun. I have a ball when I play. So that's part of it, too. But it's in the repetition. It's in the repetition. And it'll come to you. The Lord will bless you. Boom. One day, I got it. Thank you, Jesus. You know? Because a lot of times I don't see it. You guys hear it better than I do. And I really try to stay humble with it. And I'm telling you, man, it's a blessing. Because, you know, I put my pants on the same way you did. I I mean, I got a natural. You got blah, blah, blah. It's cool. It looks good. But, I mean, we're the same. We really are. And, you know, you do your thing. I do my thing. And we just kind of help each other. You know? I'm telling you. Because... You know, a lot of the cats, they want to put themselves up on the pedestal. No, man, we got to come down. We got to help each other. You know, reach back and grab cats. Come on, man, you can do this. Shit, I got it. You go get it. You know, and if you don't get it, come back. We'll hang and work together and I'll dive in there. And when I can't, you know, like roller derby, you know, the cat takes it, whoosh, throw the guy around. Come on. Whoosh. And, you know, because I'm good for that, man. I, Fred will tell you, you know, I'll turn the cat on. I'll I keep a full tank of gas so I come to your pad, you know, because I want you to get it. Cats call me over the phone, listen to this. I'm on my cell phone, Jack. It's going ding, 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 you know, but it's okay, you know, because I want to help you, you know. So, I've done it. I've done it where I've pieced the drums together. I played the hi-hat by itself, then went back, played the snare by itself, then went back, played the kick by itself, played the toms by themselves, played the crashes by themselves, because that's what the people wanted. So, you know, you're like hired help. So, you, you know, okay, how should we approach this? Uh, let's try it this way. Let's try it that way. And they're paying you, so you can hang as long as they, I mean, even if they're not, I mean, it's cool if you're getting paid, because then you can really hang. But um, I've done it that way. I've done it where I had to play the whole kit together. Um, it's a tune called um, uh, Michael Jackson's uh, Shake Your Body Down to the Ground. That drum pattern was pieced together where the hi hat and the kick and the snare is one pattern, and then the toms and all that is another pattern. And um, well, let, me see. let me see if I can still play that, boy. I hope, hope rigor mortis ain't set in. Hold on. One part. That's one part. But then on the gig, you got to play all that stuff together. So it's like, what the heck? Michael's talking about. I mean, you know, Michael, you know, get hold to a candy bar, a little chocolate bar. My man, like, come on, keep up. So, it it depends on what they need, you know. Yes. And ultimately, guys, as drummers, our job first is to play good time. First. I don't care what else is going on. If you ain't playing good time, you know, you got to play good time first. That's our job as drummers. And then, secondly, we got to make it feel good. So... When when I was doing a little thriller thing, I just put that little thing on the end there. I say, how can I flip this a little bit? And I just fooled around and came up with that little thing. And oh yeah, that feels good. Ooh, let me try that. And it still worked with inside. So that always stayed constant. But then you can play with it as long as you keep the engine going. And it worked out great. So I said, yeah, that's cool. But it comes from practicing. It comes from hanging, trying new things. And when I'm working with dancers or singers, I'm very, very sensitive to them, you know, because I'm always, li- I mean, anybody that I play with, I'm always listening first because it allows me to see how far I can venture out, you know, what to do and what not to do. A lot of times it's not what you play. A lot of times it's what you don't play that they love. You know, man, why I just kept back there bashing and crashing? Well, I like him because he plays simple, you know. But, you know, you have to read it. You got to watch and you got to listen. And it'll really, really help you, you know, with things like that when you have to play behind dancers or singers. But I, I just love to play. So, first, good time, guys. If you don't play good time, they're going to send you home without a check. And I tell these guys, too, I said, they can call anybody the first time but they don't call everybody back and the gig is getting called back so if you get called back you're in the mix because they can call anybody the first time okay second time don't call him don't call him bring her back bring him back blah 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 i'm telling you you know and that's how it works well in the in the beginning i was just happy to play I mean, I was traveling, man. I was making 25 bucks a show, um, doubling up in hotels, because I was staying at the pad with mom, so I really didn't have any bills. You know, my car was paid for, my drums were paid for, but as I got older and had more responsibilities, then I said, okay, I at least have to make my rent and pay my lights, gas, you know, keep a roof over my head, so I at least got to make you know, say 500 bucks a week. Um, and different gigs will, um, you know, they can afford to pay you more money. Like Michael Jackson's gig can afford to pay me more money yeah. than playing with the Yellow Jackets. You know, when I was playing with the Yellow Jackets, I was making basically about $4,000 $4, a month playing with the Yellow Jackets before taxes. When I got the gig with Lionel Richie, I was making almost thirty, almost thirty grand a month. And then going to Michael Jackson, it was almost forty grand a month.
1: I guess it just depends on the artist. It right? just depends on the artist. Okay. You know,
2: almost in those figures, but they can they can afford to pay that.
1: Did you when when you first got your first paying gig? It wasn't a gigantic artist, right? No, I was making 25
2: bucks a gig. So, okay,
1: so, so yeah. it started right there and then went that's up right. from there. It went up
2: from there. Wow. I left the pad with moms. And, but see, what's Mad jacked mess. up now is that the cats that are out there now, they don't want to pay you cats. And they Never. got the bread. They'd rather spend it on jeans and rims Man. than to give it to you cats. The
1: spinning rims, right? The, yeah, those the, ones?
2: The, yeah, even those. The holograms no, and the, shit. The, the ones, you got a necklace that's spinning, yeah. you know. <laughs> but they'll pay the cats like you know they pay you guys like 1500 bucks a week. You know that's ridiculous and these cats are playing like the Staples Center. I mean, you know who they are. And they only want to pay the band like 1500 bucks a week or 2 grand a week or you know, 3 grand a week. And I mean, that's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. That is a lot of money. But they can afford to put their money into the cats that's really supporting them as 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 band members. I remember I used to play with Bette Midler. Um, Bette used to play at clubs, that I mean, auditoriums that were roughly about maybe a uh, 1,000, maybe 1,500 seaters. But she was paying us 4000 bucks a week. All the shows sold out, but she would put her money into her show, and she made money. But the artists now, I mean, the really big artists that, that are popular, you know, now, man, they don't want to pay the band squat. I, I had a chance to play with the uh, Backstreet Boys. And these cats are playing, playing stadiums. And they only wanted to pay me, like, like 2500 bucks a week. What? The Backstreet Boys in their heyday? In their uh, hey, hey, that hey. Vocal, that vocal group, not boy band? You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. 2500 bucks a That's week. terrible. Yeah. And they're <laughs> playing stadiums, Jack, and selling them out. But... You know, you say, okay, it's better than nothing. But I said, hey, something's got to be better than that. You know, you you yeah, you know, you just can't let them take advantage of you. I mean, but, you know, if you need it and you're trying to, you know, make some changes, you're going to do it, you know. Thanks, Ricky. Oh, my pleasure. Good luck to you. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, in, in cases like... George Duke's music yes. that seems just an orchestra's playing. I mean, yes. when you guys are in the studio, how do you put that together? I mean, just, or someone like, you know, Jeff Berlin, Timbo Gardner, sure, sure. you know, that, that type of fuse. What a beautiful thing about a guy like, say, George Duke, what he'll do, he'll write the song, and he'll just write licks in, and, if, and he, he wants certain things to happen, he'll write those in. But he'll give you the, the freedom to be yourself. Just like he didn't want me to play like Ndugoo when I started playing his gig. He wanted me to play like Ricky, because that's ultimately how come I got the gig. And um, when he writes, he'll write letter A, letter B, and then if it's a lick, da 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 whatever. You have to play that lick, and then you go back to being you. And he gives you that freedom, and it's beautiful, because it allowed me to help find myself as a player. Playing with the Yellow Jackets by me being one of the members of the band, I could play whatever I wanted to, and as long as it was okay with the rest of the Cats, it was cool. Um, When I do recording sessions, a lot of times, they'll give me that freedom. They say it's an R&B feel, or it's a pop feel, or it's a rock feel, and I understand those things, and so I say, okay, great. Let me hear what, what the song is, and then I say, okay, great. I play this in the first verse, play this in the intro, play this at the chorus. And then I just, re- a lot of it, a lot of times the the f- second verse is the same as the first. You just do the same thing you did over here, over there. And just, you know, keep tap dancing back and forth. And it works, you know?
0: Ricky in a second, but first, a word from our sponsors. Hey, what are you going to do with all those cracked, broken cymbals that you have sitting in the corner of your studio? Here's an idea. Trade them in for a new dream cymbal or gong. Now, you can take all your cymbals, bring them in, and for each inch of cymbal that you bring in, you're going to get a dollar off towards your next dream symbol or gong. Bring in two ride symbols that are 20 inches each, you get $40 off your next dream symbol or gong. And that's going to go a long way because they're priced well below everyone else's prices. But the main thing is they sound great. And I want to let you hear them. So here is a sample of some dream symbols. Be sure to check out Dream and all their great products at DreamSymbols.com. Hey, did you know that whether you're a full-time or a part-time musician, you can write off expenses that you have for drumming? Sticks, heads, gas tolls, all of that sort of stuff. Now, there's two options. You can track all those expenses by collecting all of your receipts in a shoebox and sifting through them at the end of the year, or you can get FreshBooks. FreshBooks is a great way for you to track your expenses. You can do it on the go, right from your phone, and you can also use it for tracking time, billing clients, and creating invoices in less than 30 seconds. The best part, you can try it for free today by going to freshbooks.com forward slash drummer, and be sure to enter drummer's resource in the how did you hear about us?" section. Start your free trial today with no credit card by going to freshbooks.com forward slash drummer. And now more with Ricky Lawson.
1: Okay, now when you got, you know, a bunch of tunes to learn, what is your like set process on how to actually get those songs down quick and at least convincingly enough to where it comes out pretty good or else you have to kind of... You know, mess
2: with the rough edges or whatever. How do you do it? Well, what I do, I do the easy stuff first. Uh You know, the pop stuff, the R&B stuff, knock that stuff out quick. I make little notes. I write sometimes uh, what they'll do. They'll give me music without charts. These guys gave me music without charts. So to stay ahead of them, I wrote out my own charts in terms of the form of the song. And then I just figured out some cool patterns that I could play in those songs. I notate those. Excuse me. And then, you know, I had them ready for them. And I said, okay, how do you like this? How do you like this? How do you like that? He said, okay, use that. Nope, don't like that. Use that one. Okay. And I just, and I just bang them out. Um, but I knock out the easy stuff first. Hmm. Easy stuff first. Get ahead of yourself. And that way you can do the harder stuff on the backside. Um, wow. This particular st- album here, we started at 11.00. Um, no, no, we started at noon, and I was nice. finished by 7. And that was with a lunch break, too. We went over to uh, BJ's and had lunch. No way. That's right. Yeah, I had to go over to BJ's no, this, get a this beer. This is something
1: you've developed over years, right? This oh, is, yeah. Just
2: I, man, I, I enjoy playing, and it's nothing for me to do the homework. It took them actually longer to do the technical stuff than it did for me to play the songs. Because really the song's only about maybe five minutes, five, maybe six minutes long. So you spend 15 minutes or 20 minutes trying to play a song. Then the rest of it is archiving, saving and storing and and setting up the next session. So I was knocking out a song almost one every 20 minutes. Hmm. But not that I was rushing through it, I was making sure that the client was happy and anything that they wanted to try, it was okay because I knocked out the easy stuff first. And then on the backside, then I started doing all the hard stuff and I made myself notes. So when I got there, it wasn't as hard as I thought it might be. But um, you know, that's, that's my process, get the easy stuff out of the way. That's awesome. Thanks. Yay. Thank you guys so much for coming and hanging. Thank you. Yeah.
0: So there you have it. The one and only Ricky Lawson. Such a loss to the drumming community when he passed in 2013. But I hope that you enjoyed this. And the great thing about technology is that we can we can document some of that history and some of that wisdom that Ricky shared so again I hope you enjoyed it and also be sure to thank Musicians Institute for sharing this with us for putting this out there for everyone to listen to to gain knowledge from and to benefit from so you can find out more about Musicians Institute and all the great clinics that they have on have going on there excuse me at musiciansinstitute.edu and until the next podcast keep drumming Thank you so much for listening, and I'll be talking to you soon. Peace.